Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Listener Stories. I feel like the first episode of this was maybe, look, I don't know what number it was, but it was, I think, even before the 10th episode marks. It was about a year ago that I would have done a Listener Stories episode. So this is kind of like Advice with Alexis, Listener Stories, where I give you just my personal opinion, personal advice on a story that you're willing to share. I've chosen to make all of these anonymous, whether you want it anonymous or not. I just think that that's um, the way to go with this. And um, obviously, I can't get through them all, unfortunately. What I am going to do with this particular episode is give you a little bit of a wrap-up of the week, which not much has happened, but then I'm going to be diving straight into um, all the listener stories so I can get through a bunch of them because I did get hundreds sent through and um, yeah, I kind of had to just like draw the line at a certain amount and then hopefully I can get around to doing another listener story episode where I can kind of go through the other one. So there were some, unfortunately, that I didn't even get to read just because there were so many that came through and um, I had to limit the time spent going through them all. But don't worry, I've kind of like sectioned them into a different folder. So I am going to get to read them all at some point and hopefully include the relevant ones into um the podcast. The ones that I've chosen to include just for a bit of like insight are the ones that are specific stories. I did get a lot of people saying, hey, can you touch on this? Can you touch on that? So I've definitely taken all of that on board, but I want specific personal stories that that also don't go for way too long. So I can kind of like read it, give everyone an insight and then give you my opinion on it. So that's kind of the ones that I've chosen and also ones that I think will kind of strike a chord with a lot of the listeners as well. Um, yeah, so that's what this episode is going to be about. Pretty excited. We did have some people on the Facebook group ask about it, hence why I've decided to kind of loop around and do this. And I do want to start doing it a little bit more often as well, maybe like a monthly thing or something. Okay, so my week, what's gone on? Guys, this week was very testing for my sanity. And I say that lightly, I'm obviously joking, but it was like I literally had three big assessment pieces due in the span of 48 hours. I was like under the pump. And then on top of all of that, I still had work to do with, you know, a few other things that I contract out for, um, you know, the app getting rebranded with, you know, I was doing Bodies by Rachel app and now it's rebranded as Move With Us and I'm a mindset coach there and a Pilates coach um, and I'm like going back up to the coast to be filming some more content for them. So I've got like planning to do for that. Anyway, it's been a hectic week but I got it all done and I'm recording this podcast now on the Friday morning and this afternoon my cousin and I are going to be driving up to Anna Bay and staying the weekend there because she's studying, I'm studying and we're just going to spend the whole weekend just blocking time out all weekend long and getting shit done because in the next, I graduate, well, I wouldn't say graduate, but I, my final exam is in six weeks from yesterday, right? And in that time, I have still nine assessment pieces to get through, nine assessment pieces, I know. So yeah, there's been very testing moments for me this week, but I honestly think that once I get through this, if I'm able to juggle everything and get through this, I honestly think I'm going to feel invincible. Separate to that, on Wednesday, I had a meeting at Acast. Acast are the guys that they're my agents, my podcast agents, they're absolutely incredible company. I love them. It's actually a Swedish brand started in Sweden and then they you know went on to the UK the US they're in a lot of countries um and it started in Australia about three or four years ago um and they're just an incredible podcasting 
company, I guess you would call them. And they, we had a strategy meeting on Wednesday. So I'm not going to share too much of what went down. But what I can say is that once uni is done, you guys are probably looking forward to this ending as much as I am. But once this block of uni is done, there's going to be so much happening for the podcast and the way we're going to grow it and add more things to it and expand. I'm really, really excited for this. Um, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it too. So stay tuned for that. Um, it's going to be good times. Will I, maybe I'm going to get a little intro sound. Maybe. Will I? Will I not? We, you know, I literally don't know the answer to that. I'm not, t- I'm not, yeah, I actually don't know. But if, you, if we do get an intro sound, it will be me singing a cappella. Okay. Anyway, let's get into it today. The listener stories. Okay. Story number one. Okay. Story number one. Listener story. Hi, Alexis. I met a guy on a night out about two months ago and spent the night with him. After a month of calling every day, I decided to fly up to Queensland and visit him. He acted super keen about this idea. When I got there, he hardly responded to me and made zero effort to see me. We have since had no contact. I'm left feeling confused, sad and rejected. I've been ghosted before, but this is different. I feel like I was lied to for a month. When I told him I was disappointed, he said, I'm sorry you feel that way. I have so many questions. Why did you do that to me? Do you have deep-seated issues? I just don't really know what to do and how to move on. All right. So this is something that I think will be quite relevant to a lot of people. I think we, many people have experienced ghosting in some way, shape or form. This one is quite an intense form of ghosting, I would, I would say, just because not only did you have the month build up to see this person, um, obviously not seeing them, this is I'm guessing this is all over the phone, and then when you go and see them, then they totally ghost you and they don't want to see you and don't whatever. So I actually have a friend and something similar, not the same, this has happened to as well. The first thing that you need to realise is this whole do you have deep-seated issues, um, all those questions. Obviously, there's something going on there. There is something going on there that separates how that person thinks to how you think. Everyone has a standard for treating people and when you meet somebody that that person's standard is below yours, you need to understand that that, that you're probably not going to be a good match, okay? Because if someone is okay to treat someone like that, then what is that saying about how they're prepared to treat other people in their life, you know? I'm not saying that they're an evil person, but I'm saying that this is like a fundamental thing that you guys don't agree on, you know? You respect somebody's time and you would at least give them an explanation and you at least value them enough to communicate with them, whereas some person is prepared to wipe you knowing that you've completely, you know, um, put aside a weekend, money, time to go up and see this person and that's how they're going to treat you. That, to me, is a very fundamental difference in a relationship and that would be enough for me to absolutely pull the pin and never seek out contact with that person again. However, if you are trying to find an answer, you've got to realize that these answers you can provide for yourself. You actually don't need this guy to provide the answer for you. And what I mean by that is like, yes, you can try and get answers to all these questions, but I can guarantee you if he gave you the answers, like, do you have problems? Why did you do this? Why I can guarantee you, even if he sat there and he gave you an answer to all those problems, you would still be questioning, but why me? Why did this have to happen? Why this? Why that? You open up a can of worms to get more of an insight into somebody's life that you're never going to see again. Okay, there's no, the way I look at it is there is no point going down the rabbit hole, understanding more about someone that's fucked you over when ultimately the result is I'm not going to see them again. I'm not going to pursue this anymore. They don't want to pursue something with me. 
It sounds cold, but the problem is when you start to know more about them, then your sympathetic side comes out where then you start making excuses for people's behavior okay like for example let's say you sat down with this person and they gave you all the reasons under the sun as to why they ghost why they don't want to be with you why they did this in the first place why they let you waste your time let's say they gave you all the reasons you then not only do you feel shit that it happened to you but then you then start to understand oh but this happened but this happened and then the fucked thing happens you then are probably willing to give that person a second chance if they ever rolled back into your life because you think that because they gave you insight into their life that they are now willing to be vulnerable with you that's not the case so don't seek out all these answers for somebody that's ghosted you if somebody has ghosted you they have given you every reason every explanation and every answer that you're ever going to want and that answer is we have fundamental differences and it will never work okay that's, that's it. That's how you've got to look at it. Is there the chance that somebody has been ghosted once and then it's turned around and it's been the best relationship ever? Maybe. Maybe one in 10,000, possibly, yes. But are you going to waste your fucking time and risk thinking, I might be that one in 10,000 person where this turns around and it's successful? No. You're going to cut your losses. You've got to cut that fucking dead weight. Drop him like a lead balloon and move on with your life. You know, don't look for closure because the only person that can provide actual closure is yourself. So that's my opinion. Don't ever ask for um, answers. Don't try and understand them because the more you understand them, the more you feel sorry for them and the more you're likely to give them another chance. Fuck that shit and be gone, you lemon. All right, let's move on to story number two. Listener stories. My question is, how do I keep a boundary with someone who called me racist names and now is having my boyfriend's nephew slash niece? She's my boyfriend's brother's girlfriend. We've been avoiding her since we got into a physical fight months back. She called me a stupid, dirty Mexican at one point. We were both wrong for fighting, but she disrespected me on another level. She is now pregnant with my boyfriend's nephew slash niece. My anxiety goes through the roof when I think about being around her. I want to keep my distance, but it seems hard now that she's having a child. My boyfriend has told them to respect our boundary or not wanting to talk to her any longer. Am I being an asshole for not wanting to talk to her slash keeping my distance? Some people say be civil. Is that being civil? I just feel so wronged. I don't know why I have to be the bigger person. Thank you so much if you respond because no one ever gets back to me. If you need more info, feel free to message me. Okay, so my opinion on this is that there are there's three possible scenarios to this situation. One of them is very, 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 very unlikely and probably not going to happen based on the background of this. And that is that you guys make up and be friends. So that's one of the possibilities, which I highly doubt is the case for you guys. Okay. So the other two remaining possibilities are one, you completely cut her from your life and you don't have any contact with her whatsoever, which I'm going to go into. And two, you choose to have kind of like a civil sort of relationship with this woman. There's no right or wrong answer out of the two. It's, it always comes down to what's going to feel right for you personally and also what's going to make you feel better within your relationship with your partner. Okay, so if you choose to go down the route where you're absolutely not going to see this woman, you've also got to understand that this woman may now feel uncomfortable when as that child grows up, if your partner, if your boyfriend – 
wants to like spend time with his nephew or niece and wants to have him over, have this, this could then cause problems. So this relationship is now potentially causing a divide between the brothers, okay? I don't know how close those brothers are, but let's just presume that they're, they've got a decent relationship. Okay, so now this is already by default, no matter whose fault it is, by default, your conflict with this woman is causing a divide between the two brothers because now there's children involved, there's all that involved, okay? So if you do choose to not partake in this woman's life whatsoever, you've got to be very, very, very good at severing that as an isolated event and not ever implementing your boyfriend in that, okay? Just be sure that if you don't want to see her, that's your choice and that's fine, but don't ever make your boyfriend feel guilty for wanting to see his brother or that family or the child. That's his family, whether she's a psycho or not. She is the mother of his blood nephew or niece, okay? So you've got to find a way to just isolate it and think, for my sake, I'm not going to do that. You can't expect your boyfriend to also have your back in this situation because he needs to have that relationship because that is his family. That doesn't mean that he agrees with this woman. It doesn't mean anything. So if you can find a way to do that and that works for you, that's one option. The other option is to try and be civil with this woman. Now, this is not for her sake. This is for your sake. And again, like I said, there's no right or wrong. I'm just giving you options and I'm giving you things to think about. So if you want to be civil with this woman, it's not about who started the argument. It's not about any of that. If you think that what she's said to you and what she's done to you is just unforgivable unforgivable, and you don't want to be around her, that's fine. Just take the options that I just mentioned before. But if you think, okay, I'm willing to keep it civil between us and if she's willing to do that as well, then you can just keep it at, a, at an arm's length where there's, you know, you can rock up to family events. You don't have to ever see her one-on-one. And if she's trying to stir something, you just say, look, I just want us to keep the peace. And that's how you just say it. If you don't think it's possible to do that, then you're going to have to take option one, okay? Because I don't know who is instigating this because you yourself admitted that you shouldn't have fought as much. So obviously she's crossed the line by saying something inappropriate but I think originally the fact that you two were fighting physically is absolutely unacceptable like I don't understand what would have to go down for in-laws to be having a physical fight like that's pretty out of control and I'm not saying whose fault it is but that shit needs to be fucking sorted out especially if there's children involved what you have to realize is that if you cannot control you and her if the two of you cannot control the situation and be civil, then you need to be separated, okay? There is now a child involved and that child should not have to be part of this awkward fucking situation. It's not the child's fault. As that child gets older, they're going to sense very quickly that there's animosity amongst the family. So it's your responsibility. And when I say your, I mean the four adults here, your brother, sorry, your boyfriend, his brother. And it's the responsibility of those adults to be fucking adults and learn how to deal with this situation without implementing this child as like a guilt like um pawn that you can like bring back and forth as guilty of like you I don't want you seeing my child because I don't like her because this because that it is a responsibility of the four of you to do that and be adults about it if you're asking me for my personal opinion on what I would do I'm a huge like big family person I'd probably really want a part in that child's life because it is my you'd be my boyfriend's child. So I would probably do my best to try and keep it civil 
so we can have a healthy relationship and that child can grow up with a healthy relationship with his auntie and uncle. But you've got to just realize, is it possible from her end? Only you can answer that question. If you don't think it's possible from her end to have a civil relationship, then the only alternative is for you to sit out any extended family events where she's going to be there. That's literally the only answer. Because to keep partaking in something where nothing's going to change then you're literally just not managing your expectations around this situation. You know, going there and hoping for a different result when every time you see her, it's a savage event. It's just not worth it. And it's not worth it for the child and it's not fucking worth it for the two brothers. It's not fair on that family that this situation is going down. It's also not fair on you. I'm sure it's not fair on you. I'm presuming that you are the good person in this situation. But what I'm saying is the situation is not fair on that child and on those brothers there that are trying to, you know, have a fucking relationship as brothers, okay? So someone needs to sort it out and if they're not going to do it, it's going to have to be you. Okay, that's my advice for that. Okay, story number three. Listener story. Hello, Alexis. So I've had this best friend who I was super close with. We'd literally do everything together. Even my partner and I got to the point where him and I stopped going out on dates together to invite her along and create a strong friendship between the three of us. We invested so much time and energy and money as she was still living at home and we were flatting into her. And she seemed to just push me completely aside once she got a guy in her life who she absolutely obsessed over. Long story short, he didn't want to be in a relationship, but she still continued to invest all her time and energy into this dropkick and neglected our friendship completely. I let her do her thing for a good two months, but when she stopped seeing me and messaging me altogether, I got very hurt and I tried explaining it to her on multiple occasions. But she kept link, um, linking an apology with an excuse and said she'd change, which she never did. So I've stopped being friends with her and now I've rekindled some small talk with her so our friend group doesn't fall apart. But I was wondering if that was the right choice to make. Should I have not reacted in such a strong way and still be close friends with her or has that ship sailed? Thank you for taking the time to read this and maybe reply on the podcast. Love ya. Okay, so my opinion on this is totally based on how you still feel about the relationship with her. When it comes to friends and partners, when it comes to anybody in your life that you've cared about, you always have to think long and hard about were their actions enough to break the bond between us? There are certain actions that people take that that I say, cut the dead weight, that's it, that's it, that's it. However, the way I look at it, when it's a friend – who's fallen in love with someone and it's caused them to kind of drop everyone else in the meantime because they're, you know, in love with this person. That happens. It sucks, but it happens. I don't think that makes someone a bad person. Um, It can kind of cause a little bit of a crack in a friendship, but I do believe that that crack can be mended if the foundations of the friendship are there. If you feel that she has little to no interest to being your friend again, then I would say that ship has sailed. But if you think that every time you see her, it's actually really nice, it kind of feels like, oh God, that was so good to see her. I actually miss that. Then I would 100% recommend reaching out to her and actually talking about it. Don't just try and pick up where you left off because that can't be done. It needs to be a conversation. But I would recommend saying, hey, look, like shit went down. We had, you know, there was a few complicated things that happened. You fell in love. You know, the guy was obviously an asshole, whatever and see if it's possible to rekindle it. I know a lot of people, she might have felt, like devil's advocate here, she might have felt shitty that she kind of like abandoned you when she was with this guy. 
that once the guy ended, she might have felt that her pride was a little bit bruised and now she feels embarrassed to come back and say, like she probably feels like she's crawling back if she does that. So sometimes you have to extend the olive branch to friends who might have like a pride problem and say, look, I'm here for you. That situation sucked for you. I get that you kind of left everyone by the wayside to be with this guy, but that happens and people sometimes struggle to find a balance in the early stages of a relationship most people even it out after a couple of months some people don't but most people you know they don't have a good balance that's why I say and I've said this in a few of my podcasts if you've got a really solid friendship with someone let them be a shit cunt when they start a relationship with somebody nobody's perfect and sometimes especially people that so badly have been wanting a relationship and trying trying when they get something that's great or shit but I mean when they get something that feels great to them as in they're in love regardless of how that person treats them they're going to think about that person all the time so they're going to want to spend as much of this free time with this new love that they have you've got to give your mates a little bit of a grace period at the start of a relationship and think I'm going to let you be a shit cunt for the next you know two months or so and then if I still if you're still doing it I'll just kindly gently pull you up on it being like hey you've done this for two months I was letting you do that but I'd like our friendship to go back to where it was. Do you agree? And then give them that opportunity. So I've always said that you've got to give people, understand that they're not, this is not a direct action where they're trying to hurt you. This is them getting swept up in romance, which happens. Ideally, they wouldn't do that, but it happens. So if I were you, you the friendship can be rescued if you both still enjoy each other's company. But if you find that when you're hanging out with her with a group of friends, that she's you know, totally barring you, maybe it's not worth it anymore. Maybe it has run its course and it's done. But it's nothing that um, that a good conversation won't um, help resolve, you know. It, you could even have the conversation and it'd be like, yeah, we're still mates, whatever, but it's just not the same as what it was. But I basically, in a nutshell, my opinion of it is someone pushing you to the wayside for a new guy, to me personally, is not enough to ruin a friendship long term, especially if you had a really good friendship to start with. That is a situation in my life where I give people a bit of leeway, benefit of the doubt, because romance and heartbreak can do fucking things to people. So I would just give them a chance if you want her in your life. That's my opinion on that one. All right, next story. Okay, story number four. Listener advice. Hello, Alexis. Huge fan of the podcast. You're absolutely killing it. Queen, thank you, my love. So basically, I find it so hard to branch out of my comfort zone when I'm under extreme stress from work and uni. I see people my age having full-time jobs as well as full-time uni and a full-time relationship too. I have struggled to really find time for my personal dating life and when I seem so interested in a guy, I always let them down by saying I'm too busy when in reality I'm going to the gym or something just came up when in reality I'm just trying to finish off assignments. I was wondering how the hell do I balance life with study, relationships and exercise? Is it because I don't feel the need to have a boyfriend right now? Have I not found the one? Do I need a slap in the face and get my shit together and use my time wisely so then I do have time for a relationship? I know I'm only young, I'm 20, but I feel like I'm always too busy. Okay, my takeaway from that is that you just don't really care enough to have a boyfriend. That's how I see it. The way I look at it is if you want something bad enough, you make the time for it. And you even said yourself, like you have answering your own question, you say, when I seem 
interested in a guy. Same to who? To the guy or to you? I don't think you even actually are interested. I think you think, oh, well, I've given this guy time, so I must be interested. No. I actually think that your care factor for having a boyfriend right now when there's a lot going on in your life is low in comparison to the other things going on in your life. And that is perfectly fine. I can guarantee you, if you really wanted a partner, you make the time to spend time with these people and see if they're your right fit or not. It's either that or the people that have been approaching you are absolute lemons and you're not interested. But I get the vibe that that's not the case because you literally said that you seem interested in them. I actually think that you're just trying to, I think you're comparing yourself to the people around you who are in these relationships and maybe you might feel that that's the next progression that you need to take. But I'm here to tell you absolutely fucking not it is not the next progression you need to take. If it's a desire of yours to do it, you would instinctively make the time to fit this into your life. And you can make the time. I can guarantee you there's always pockets within your life that you can expand for people that matter. And if you wanted that relationship, you would have instinctively just expanded that gap in your week or day to slot that person in so you could spend time with them, you know, or to go on that date if you actually were interested and not just hoping to be interested. So the way I look at it is I would take all my focus into what I actually am working on and not be focusing on dating or trying to date or whatever. Take that focus completely off. Because if it's going to happen, it's going to happen organically anyway, okay? But in the meantime, you don't have to worry about, should I have done this, should I have done that? No, you're just doing your own thing. You're focusing on your work and your uni, and then you can put that time into your social life with friends instead of worrying about dating. Because if you're somebody that's not actively seeking a partner because you really want to date, really want to date, then you're in a really great position where you're not dissatisfied with your romantic life as it is okay some people are some people really want that partner and they make that a real big priority and that's fine but you're clearly not in that situation so why even let it stress you out or be a a point of contention for you in your life I would look at it being like I'm fucking thrilled that I'm not craving a guy right now when I've got so much going on so you're actually at an advantage as far as time management wise if it's not concerning you because then the only person that you would actually date if someone strolled into your life and was the perfect match. And I can guarantee you then you would make space for that person. You would know instantly this person is worth my time. So if I were you, I'd just not put any time or thought into it. You're just not that interested in finding a guy. That's my opinion. Okay, next. Listener story. Hi, Alexis. I hope you're well. I've just had a recent incident with a friend and I'm not sure what to think slash do anymore. So recently my friend came up to visit me for my birthday dinner. The night of my birthday dinner I felt ill but I wanted to spend time with her and said I would go out afterwards drinking. However, dinner finished at midnight because my reservation was so late and I found out my boyfriend who was driving me that night had to wake up at 6am. I debated going out anyway but didn't feel okay with that. My friend walked away from dinner then came back. I told her that I had thought it was better I go home since my boyfriend had to wake up early. She was like, yep fine and walked off immediately. I admit I could have communicated to everyone better and I made a mistake in miscommunicating. I then get a ton of messages where she constantly tore me down and said she didn't appreciate changing plans. I respect that and admit I didn't go about it the right way. I apologize for it and owned up to the fact that I could have communicated better but her reply was that I'm a fake friend and that I was passive aggressive because I didn't didn't tell her sooner. I tried to explain and apologize and said I could come meet her and her boyfriend tomorrow before she left town and make it up, make up for it. But she, but she replied saying she didn't want to see me. 
She also removed all the photos from us that night. She's left town and refuses to talk to me. The reason I'm doubting this friendship is because this has happened before where any inconvenience has completely led to her melting down and lashing out at me, which is what ended our friendship the first time a few years ago. Each time this happens, she will not talk to me at all. It feels like I'm getting punished for making mistakes. I also feel like there have been many times where I feel uncomfortable because when she's upset, she becomes very passive aggressive and it hurts me. Okay, so I've got two potential scenarios that are going on here in my head from reading that. I'm going to give you the potential scenario where you where I'm playing the devil's advocate and then I'll give you another answer based on the story that you told me. So there is the chance, because I obviously am hearing it for your perspective. So there is the chance that you may play a role in this. So just do a bit of an inventory on your friendship and look back on it and just be honest with yourself. And if the answer is no, great. I'm about to give you advice for, for if the answer is no. But if the answer is yes, have you fucked her around a lot in the past? Is this somebody that – are you someone that, yes, okay, on your birthday it's a legitimate excuse, but have you always fucked around? And so her response looks psycho, but maybe it's the straw that broke the camel's back and that's what happened last time and then she's let you back into a life. So be really strict with yourself and ask yourself – Am I an unreliable friend? And then when it really counts, like a birthday dinner where she's come into town, I'm then again unreliable and she then just blows up. Because if that's the case, then you need to do some work and she needs to do some work and you both need to come together and meet in the middle and you need to really own up to that, okay? There's nothing wrong with that if you're willing to, you know, to try and be better next time. But you have to admit that and you've got to go up to her and say, look, I've done a bit of a thought and it turns out that I'm fucking flake of a friend and I'm always bailing. So that's a possibility. I don't know because you haven't told me that. That's a possibility for her extreme reaction because here's the other alternative. If she's reacting this way out of the blue, that's not she's not worth it as a friend. That's way, 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 way too high maintenance for a friendship. That sounds fucking aggressive and toxic and unnecessary so that's why I'm giving you that initial perspective to think about because if she's actually a friend and for no reason other than because I'm keep in mind that I'm only going off what you've told me and if you are 100% innocent in this situation you've been a great friend all the time and this is how she's acting towards you it's not worth it it is not worth it I'm telling you right now especially if she's cut you out of the friendship in the past you need to just let that one go. I would send her a really heartfelt message saying, look, I've, I've enjoyed our friendship for this, 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 but I can see that there's enough cracks in it and I can see that I'm causing you enough stress that maybe this is the, the end of the, French, of the line for our friendship. I de- genuinely wish you all the best. So then she can do what she wants with that information. That's what I would do. Like I would make it a clear end to the friendship if she's, you know, because if you're trying to reach out and communicate and she's not willing to respond or she's not willing to, you know, speak to you then that's where I'd send the letter being like look I have tried I'm letting you know that I've tried and now I'm letting it go I'll miss you versus if you're just showing me your side of the story but in reality you actually play a role in this that leads up to her blowing up because from my perspective the way you've written it it makes it seem like you're perfectly great and innocent and you've done one thing and she's blown up if that's the case you need to fucking let that one go. It's done. That's way, way, way too much drama for a friend. I would never put up with that shit, ever. I'd be like, all the best. There's no hate. There's no anger. But I cannot be fucked socializing with someone that's going to be toxic and emotionally manipulative like that. Like, I would never put up with that shit. I would put up with it if I had caused it. 
okay? I would be like, fuck, I've got to eat that because I have flaked on her every fucking time. So my advice to you is do a very, very, very honest inventory on your relationship with her. Have you been a fucking flake to cause this explosion or not? If not, be gone. All right, next one, number six. Hi, Alexis. I love your content and all of the badass knowledge you continuously give. Thank you, my love. I'm currently going through a breakup and it may be one of the hardest ones I've gone through. Some backstory. Over the past couple of months, my ex has accused me of cheating on him of the basis that he believed I was untruthful about important things. I had said certain people were blocked when in reality they were just unfollowed and I had no contact. Nonetheless, he stole my Instagram password off my computer and went through all of my things. And the way I found out is that he accidentally posted a story to my Instagram. While this may seem small to many, it was a very big line cross that I felt couldn't be forgiven. He told me he will be going to counselling. He was in a very toxic relationship previously that was brought into ours and he wants to be with me while he does it. I told him I couldn't be that for him or be there for him, I think, but I can't help but feel a sense of sadness and guilt. He was there for me while I was going to counselling for my anxiety. While I say I do not care about the judgments of others, their judgments do have me questioning if I am taking this too lightly as I want to be with him and work things out. Any advice, like anything at all, would be amazing. Okay, so this is clearly an extremely toxic situation that you are in. That going behind your back, stealing your passwords, that's stalking. That's actually stalking and that is actually a crime in many countries. Like cyber stalking is a fucking crime in many countries. So what he's done... I wouldn't take lightly. I'm sorry. I wouldn't take lightly. Can he be fixed? Can he go? Yes, all of that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of possibilities for the future. But you shouldn't think that you're overreacting or that it's unokay or whatever. What's gone down is unacceptable. None of that is okay, no matter what the circumstance. No matter what the circumstance. I don't give a flying fuck if he was in a toxic relationship in the past. That is abuse. Cyber stalking without, like, that's stalking. It's insight into your private life without consent. And this um, accusation that came, that's, I'm sorry, this is extremely toxic behavior. It's not okay. So the fact that you've decided to end it at least temporarily, in my opinion, 100% you've done the right thing. Now the question is, how are you going to move forward on from here? He's now said he's going to go to counseling but wants to stay together. So as far as what you're saying in this letter... The way I look at it is, is he kind of saying, oh, I'm willing to do counselling if we stay together? Or is he saying, I'm going to do counselling no matter what, whether you stay with me or whether you don't? Because if someone says, I'm going to do counselling no matter what, then that shows that they're genuinely probably more inclined to make a change. If he's saying, I'll go to counselling if you stay with me, that's a, that's a bait, Okay. So you've got to make sure firstly that he's willing to go to counselling no matter what because that means that he wants to do it for himself. If he's doing it just so you stay with him, that's the wrong reasons. And then secondly, I'm sorry, I don't care if he was with you when when you went through counselling because you had anxiety. This is you needing counselling for a personal, you know, mood disorder that you've got that you need assistance with versus him actually negatively impacting your life through his actions and then needing to get fucking help. You don't have to be there for him because he's fucking negatively impacted your life and then you're suggesting he get help. That's fucking outrageous. There's a huge difference here. He's actually done something that's emotional, emotionally abusive and then he's asking you to be there for him when he's fucked it. 
you know? And then just because he was there for you when you were going through your own personal problems, where as far as I'm concerned, based on what you've told me, you were not emotionally abusing him in in the meantime. So there's a huge difference. So regardless of what your decisions are, you need to enter the future of this relationship very aware of what's gone down and what decisions you need to be making. If you're asking me for my personal advice and if you truly love him and truly want to be with him, I suggest that you you are not with him for the initial stages of his therapy because that will then prove to you if he's actually willing to make change or not. If you are not with him and he doesn't go to therapy, there's your answer. You have your answer for the rest of the future on what his intentions are, not just for you but for anyone else that he dates. That is my opinion. Take it or leave it. Okay, story number seven, I believe we're up to. All right. I met this guy five months ago and we hit it off really well. Although throughout the situationship we formed, he was always moving back to go on the yachts overseas. We fell in love and wanted to continue seeing each other until he had to go. So this is a five-month relationship. It was an amazing five months and it ended very abruptly as his visa to move eventually came and he had 48 hours to pack up and go. With that being said, he clearly was heartbroken about our little relationship having come to an end. It was a mature decision for both of us as a long distance as long distance was not viable or a healthy option. We called every day for the first four days in quarantine in his new country and then there was lots of tears and so on. It was clear we just wanted to be together. I went a little bit overboard on the amateur investigation skills and found out that after two to three days of him leaving, he was following and liking old photos of girls in the same area as him. I confronted him by saying I was worried he was moving on really fast and we were still in communication and clearly both still hurting. He told me in a very mature way that he was just taking things slow for himself and he's hurting still by us being apart. I believed him but it's now been one week since he's left and I've toxically still been checking his Instagram and he's still following slash stalking girls in the area. Um, How do I confront him without giving away I've been a bit of a jealous lemon. Do you think he's just trying to cope with our situation or should I give him the boot? Okay. Um, This is how I look at it. You've dated for five months. You've fallen in love. The truth is though, this guy in his mind and you as well, but this guy's known that there's an end to it. So no matter how much he likes you, he's known that there's an end to it, especially coming up to the end date. You know, even though you only had 40 hours for that visa to come through, he was aware that at some point sooner in sooner rather than later, that visa was going to come through. Now he's left. Now you've done stalking, whether that's right or wrong, I think it's personal preference. I personally tried it. I, I've done that in the past a few years ago with exes and it's just been fucking horrendous for my mental health. So I recommend against it, but you've done it fine. Um, and you've seen these things and you're saying that he's, quote, stalking girls. I wouldn't call it stalking. I would imagine that he's following these girls and it just feels like a very ugly feeling for you. So you're labeling it as stalking. But what I think is going on here is that he's tapped out completely of the relationship. That's what's gone down. If he's following girls that he used to, you know, follow or like or potentially date or potentially has had something with in the past or whatever, you know, he's trying to move on. That's what's going down. He's trying to move on. He doesn't see a future with your relationship I don't think he sees this as a break it's a break up and as painful as it is seeing him move on you don't own his actions after you guys well I mean you never own anyone's actions really but when when you break up whether you like it or not they are free to do whatever they want to do I know it sounds painful but if it's too painful 
you need to unfollow him and you need to cut him out of your life. But you can't start putting parameters around what he's allowed or not allowed to do. He's completely in his right to follow girls, to talk to girls, to hook up with girls, to whatever. Just like you are in the right to do the exact same with guys or with whoever the fuck you want to do it with, you know. So what I think is that for you, you obviously are hurting and you're both dealing with it in a very different way. I don't think it's a good idea to have too much insight into your ex's life because they're going to, they might tell you one thing because they don't want to hurt you and be doing a completely other thing. And I mean, it'd be all well and good for him to be honest, but maybe you would think he was an absolute asshole if his honesty entailed him saying, oh, I'm actually hooking up with these girls to, you know, to start moving on. I don't think you'd want to hear that. So my advice for a lot of the time, if you're too emotionally invested still in your ex, you need breathing space. This is a prime example of a situation that needs breathing space. I know you miss him, but if, if the relationship is done, you need to give each other a couple of weeks at least of just like, look, I'm here for you if you're having a mental breakdown or a meltdown, but in general, let's try and keep communication at a bare minimum because I need to start to get over you and you need to do it and I don't want to know how you're doing it, okay? That's how I kind of look at it because you've got to understand that you can't say to somebody, you can't say you're moving on too fast. It, the, the rate that someone moves on is not an indication of how much they loved you when they were with you. That's just their tools to move over. Some people want to sleep with someone the very next day. You can't say that that's right or wrong. If you're not together, they are entitled to do what they want to do. Just because their way of moving on does not align with yours doesn't make them a bad person. It just makes them different to you, which you already knew. So I think if you're finding it too painful to handle, you need to take a step away from this situation. You need a cooling off period of at least a couple of weeks. That would be my advice. All right, next one. I think number eight. What do you do if your ex texts you asking you how you are? I want to be able to reply with some sort of class and dignity because I feel that ignoring someone is rude. However, the reason that we broke up is because he cheated. My mate found his Tinder profile. Fucking hell. Just because he's not a nice person, I don't want to lose my morals. And also, I'm very aware I'm reading so far into this. Please, I absolutely love your podcast and you are fucking amazing. Thank you, girl, for starters. Secondly, I'm sorry, but I actually don't think that you're losing your morals if you don't respond to him. To ignore someone in general, yeah, that's not nice. But when somebody like him has made a choice to exit your life in a mean or toxic way, which he did, he cheated on you. So that was a choice that he made, okay? He chose that. When someone chooses to exit your life in that way, then they forego the privilege of unconditional access to you. He does not have unconditional access. Just because someone messages you doesn't mean you now have to respond at all. You owe him fuck all. You owe him fuck all. If anything, him messaging you is a fucking inconvenience. So he should be apologizing for wasting your fucking time. Do not waste any like second breath. Nothing. He deserves nothing. I'm sorry, but goodbye. Bon fucking voyage queen on your merry way. So if you are going to reply, you're going to say that. Bon fucking voyage queen. That's all you're going to say. But really, I actually think that you have 
you, you, it's a waste of your time to reply. This guy has no place in your life and just because he's reached out, you don't owe him fuck all. That's this fucked up mentality that we have, especially when it comes to toxic exes, that we feel just because they've extended the olive branch, we have to respond. No, you don't. You don't have to respond and if you don't respond, that's not being rude. That's you having boundaries and not wasting your time with lemons, okay? That's what it is. Do not feel you have to respond. Put it this way. If you don't want to respond... Don't. And that's not being rude. All right. This is the last question, but I am aware that I'm going to have to do like a whole bunch of these podcasts to answer way more. I had so many great stories come in and I have saved them all. So don't worry. Um, I'll be trying to get, get through to answering a lot more of these in the future. Okay. Last question for the day. Good morning, babe. Absolutely love you. Thank you. Keep rocking it. You are truly inspirational. Thank you. Uh, I have a question slash story for the podcast. Question. How to tell a super genuine nice guy that you are just not ready for a relationship as you need to focus on yourself first, but really would love to still be friends. Currently, I just want to be great friends as we have so much fun together and get along great. He's clearly super into me, buys me flowers, takes me on dates, etc. He comes over every night since we've kissed. He's a very attractive doctor, sporty, fun, adventurous, kind gentleman, none of the bad stuff. A great catch, really. We met at uni years ago as friends. He has already told me of he told most of his colleagues and mates about me, but we have only been seeing each other like this for a few weeks. We have had sex, but can we go back to being good friends that keep adventuring together? Okay, my answer to this is yes. You can go back to being good friends, but he can't be in love with you in the meantime. You have to give this poor bloke some space. The poor fucking guy, you just said he's in love with you. You, ne you. I'm sorry, no. You can't have it all. I can guarantee you right now, if he just saw you as a mate, it wouldn't be this fun. I can tell you right now. He is going above and beyond to woo you so you would want to date him. And on top of that, you have shown him a, like a romantic or sexual chemistry side of the relationship where you've kissed and when you've slept together. So he's got insight into that side of the relationship and knows that he likes it. He already is like he's tried it and he likes it and he likes you and your time. The dude's in love. No, absolutely no. You cannot have a friendship right now. If you actually think he's a good guy and you think that he's a catch, then you've got to create some space so this guy can get over you. Once the guy is over you, 100% you can welcome him back into your life as a friendship. But I can guarantee it's not going to be as fun as it is now because you are the center of his world right now. So, of course, it's going to be fun. I'd love that too. Everyone, who wouldn't love that? Being showered with gifts, fun, 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 fun. He's going out of his way for you because he's in love with you. You cannot string this poor bastard along any longer. You've got to say, listen, here's the deal. I am stringing you along and it's not fair on you. I would love to have a friendship with you. You are a fucking legend. However, I can see that us hanging out isn't helping the situation for you or us. So please, can we have a month off, two months off, and let's just touch base in a little bit because I really don't want this friendship to die. That's what you need to do. If you care about him, that's what you need to do. If you don't give a flying fuck about him, keep doing what you're doing. That's my advice. All right, guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this listener story advice with Alexis podcast. Oh! Um, so I only got around to about like nine or ten of those because I love to talk. But, yeah, there'll be more of these in the future. I will be going over some of the older ones too and getting new ones coming through as well. So thank you so much to everyone that sent those stories through and to everyone who sent any story through. I genuinely do appreciate it and eventually aim to get through to a lot of them as well. 
Guys, please keep sharing, rating and reviewing the podcast. I love and appreciate you all for doing that. The Facebook group is going off. I'm really, really excited. And I just cannot wait to share everything that I've got in mind for the podcast, honestly. It's going to be a, be a sick fucking joke this next few months for us as a community, as the podcast. I can't wait to share all my ideas. So that is all for today. Love you all so much. As you've noticed, this podcast has now been released on a Monday. I'm changing the podcast release date to a Monday from now on. Long story short, don't need to bore you with the details, but that is what's happening moving forward from here. Um, So it'll be 6 a.m. on a Monday. Guys, I love you so much and I will... Yeah, speak to you next week. Have a gorgeous week. Remember, be kind to yourselves, be kind to your brains and most importantly, don't take shit from anyone and don't take shit from yourself. Danke.